welcome to the Tron Church Talking Points podcast. Um, my name is Katie and I'm here with Josh Johnson and Phil Copeland. And we're here just to discuss Sunday's sermons. Um, so in the morning we had uh, Willie's teaching from Ezekiel and in the evening we had Josh on Luke. Um, so it would be good just to start off um, thinking about Ezekiel um, from the morning sermon. And yeah, Phil, I think you'd like to kick us off um, on one of Willie's first points. Yeah, sure. It was uh, another uh, real great uh, feast, wasn't it? But it was loads of challenge. And I was particularly struck by his first point, which was the horror of a new scattering. And it was looking at the start of chapter 11. And uh, really, it was a challenge. The point was challenging pride and complacency in the church, specifically learning from these elders here mentioned at the start of chapter 11 they're kind of elites who hadn't been taken off yet in exile but remained in Jerusalem mm-hmm. remember at this point there had been some who'd been taken off to Babylon and uh, these men are there in the place where back in chapter 10 the glory is departed from the Lord uh, and yet they're standing there thinking everything's fine They they for them they are in a Jerusalem, which is like a cauldron, nice and secure, and within the cauldron they are the choice meat. That is, they are they are the bees' knees in God's eyes, and they are probably the you know the identity of the remnant who will be nice and safe. And how wrong they were, mm-hmm. how wrong they were, and they just seem so blinded by their own propaganda, and um, it's not how the Lord sees it. And the uh, it was just that you know the. There's no place for pride mm. and arrogance. It's deadly and, you know, that that's uh, it's incompatible with uh, being part of God's people. Yeah. You know, human pride leads to, you know, God scattering them, isn't he? And that's yeah. what he announces. Yeah. And Willie's talking about their, their false hope, mm-hmm. probably because they were still in Jerusalem and the fact that they thought that meant that mm. God blessed them. Yeah, the presumption God would never, oh, he'd never do that because it's, this is Jerusalem. We've got the temple. And uh, Willie, I think, also helpfully said that that could have been these men were seriously doubting what Jeremiah had said in chapter 29 of his prophecy that actually exile was going to be a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they were talking about, oh, no, no, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. And it was serious business in chapter uh, 11, verse 13. This chap, uh, Pelatiah, son of Benaiah, died. Mm-hmm. It was to show the Lord meant business. It was, it's, a, it's a serious thing. Yeah. But it, the, where, it, where it landed with us today was it's just yet another reminder from the book of the dangers of falling into that pride ourselves today. The New yeah. Testament's full of loving, gracious, kind warnings not to fall into that same pattern of pride in our, because you could so easily do yeah uh, definitely I, thought, I don't know about you Josh I was thinking oh gosh how do I see myself you know because they were thinking oh they were this the choice meat and just had this such a false view of themselves and it did make me think okay I need to think about how do I see myself and be mm. hum, you know humble myself before God because obviously we don't like I don't want to fall into that same trap you know yeah. It, it likewise, it's very uh, convicting. Um, Presumption is a big problem, and if it, you know, if, if we 
if we ever hear ourselves or catch ourselves thinking that oh, that, that would never happen to me or you know that wouldn't happen to that to this church um yeah i heard someone talking about this recently um the sort of prospect of a church who you know they're living on their reputation from previous ministers and that they were you know this we're you know a wonderful church this is what we've been in the past but actually you know that that's a there's there's, there's deep presumption there mm-hmm. and that you know that, that ought to cause one to shudder yeah um that that's not a it, it, it could happen that that church is emptied and becomes nothing mm. so i was wondering how do we check that we're not deluded you know how do we check ourselves you know corporately um and like i guess individually mm. you know what's what ways can we kind of protect ourselves from falling into those traps do you think well i think the the there's a number of ways you could answer that i do think i i do think it's looking to what Willie would and what this passage went on to talk about mm-hmm. which is that our only hope is not actually in ourselves and trying to pull ourselves up by you yeah. know um but it's it's what Willie went on to talk about the only hope it's not a false hope is a changed and transformed human heart by the spirit of god mm-hmm. and looking to him praying to him being part of the church family doing that together meeting all the time yeah. for transformation yeah. sitting under his word his word of power Mm. um because that is the only thing that will restore us to our true humanity and deal with the power of sin in our lives um and not just you know going through the motions of coming to church but actually wanting to live by it you know and uh, Mm. that's i could but comes back to we talk about this regularly on the podcast i think but just it's the importance of having good friends in the church you know you know you you want to help each other in this yeah definitely and and the regular week week by week as we come to church is actually coming to actually humble ourselves under the lord's word Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. thinking okay you know i need to i need to try and work out if this is really for me or not but actually coming i i need to be fed Mm -hmm. i need to have my whole understanding of the world realigned mm-hmm. and I need to see the truth about myself mm-hmm. when all around the world is telling lies yeah. and mm-hmm. you know that, that you know, we, um, language that's often used about um, our sort of regular worship the, it's a regular means of grace mm-hmm. and actually receiving grace means coming humbly and mm-hmm. recognizing yeah. that, that, that there is a need for it you yeah. know if you're coming thinking Oh well, maybe there'll be something useful in this for me, but I'll come because yeah. I should. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's probably a safe bet to like think. It's pr- I probably do have a danger of this, you know, and because mm. we're all so, we are all sinful and mm. just prone to wonder, aren't we? But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think it was um, interesting what Willie talked about as well, like about the fact that people don't like warnings. Um, I don't, and um, mm. the mm. sort of the temptation to like positive messages. Yeah, because Ezekiel wouldn't have been a popular preacher. <laughs> no, and, no. Uh-huh. And mm. just, you know, just maybe something to like, maybe mm. thank people for telling us, you know, like mm. loving healthy warnings are something that people do when they love you, mm. not when they hate you or don't care mm. about you. Because if people didn't care, then they wouldn't bother warning you mm. about mm. things, would they? So. No. Mm. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yeah, yeah. And enemy multiplies cases. Even William bringing up the point of the, you know, the pain that sometimes God brings upon His people. It's it is as the C.S. Lewis quote: God uses pain like a megaphone to us, 
Well, C.S. Lewis was talking about using, you know, God uses pain to as a megaphone to the world. Um, the sin is serious and all's not well and you need to repent and turn. But so it is with the church. It's the same in our lives. It's, a, it's Sometimes other people have spoken about the Lord showing severe mercy to us and bringing painful messages and bringing mm -hmm. painful words. And not always, you know, the Bible's full of also other uh, lovely encouragements and, and in this passage has them. <laughs> but um, uh, it is, I do think that's another mark, isn't it, of knowing that you are, is are you humbly coming to listen to take these warnings seriously and not yeah. just poo poo them or, or go and grumble about them actually? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so negative. You know, uh, yeah. are you just coming to church for your spiritual pickups, pick me ups, um, rather than actually taking all of scripture seriously? Yeah. Uh, I think that's a yeah, key mark, I think, isn't it? But um, yeah. And there was lots of like hope. I mean, Willie's, as a second point, you were talking about the, the hope of. God's promises and mm. the fact that God can change us and give us a new heart and mm. like that that section in chapter is it chapter eleven where he was mm -hmm. talking about the fact that God will give us a heart of flesh and mm. you know mm. replace our heart of stone and um I just thought wow thank thank the Lord for that mm. because there's um it is hard sometimes I think when you like you kind of think about your Christian life and you're thinking oh um. I don't seem to have changed much or I don't feel like I'm growing mm. to be more like Christ much at all. And actually, but yet God's promises is that mm. he has given us a new heart, mm. a heart mm -hmm. of flesh that yes. um, we can yeah. change with, by his grace. And, you yeah. Know. Yeah. I was really struck by the point because the, the surprise there. So didn't it, wasn't it interesting how he said um, in verse 13, Ezekiel, he said, "Not even Ezekiel was infallible because he he was confused as to the identity of the true remnant, because mm. that's what he's worried about when the Lord says there's going to be another scattering for those who thought themselves the choice meat." The Lord said, "Well, actually, the true remnant are going to be those I've already scattered, mm. or those who are scattered who are already out in in uh, exile and captivity, and the Lord is going to regather them, give them a new spirit, a new heart." That we'll be able to walk by the, truly by the obedience of faith and real repentance, yeah. and this weak group will will be made strong. And mm. he's talking about is true people, true Israel, yeah. um, and that's what we've been doing in release the word in Romans. It's you know thinking about the true Israel and those whether you've been circumcised or not. That actually it's about your heart and yeah. mm. whether God has drawn you back to Him. Mm. Like that's what it means to belong. Mm. Um, so yeah. That was encouraging. And that's the hope, to, to remain focused on that. You can get into an unhelpful, unhealthy, morbid kind of introspection, mm -hmm. can't you? And constantly picking over your sinfulness rather than actually rejoicing in what God has done for you yeah. through the Lord Jesus Christ and through, you know, in the fulfilment of these verses. It's, it's yeah. laying hold of that, I think, that's yeah. the way. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's such a challenge. Like Willie said that, you know, God's grace demands total surrender mm. to the Lord mm -hmm. and that God will gather mm. his people, but there there must be real repentance. Yeah. So I think that's like a challenge I find yeah. that, you know, it's all very well like saying you're a Christian and everything else and I belong to God, but actually, mm. like, are you responding to not just saying, mm. you know, I trust in Jesus, but actually, mm. yeah, what does it, not what difference does that make, you know? Not just lip service, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, God's holy presence can only come with repentance. Yeah. 
That was a that was a that was a line that's it's amazing how sometimes in a sermon just there's a line that oh, that really mm-hmm. hooks into your mind and yeah definitely praise the Lord for that <laughs> yes absolutely praise and the then the, the last point Willie was talking about it was kind of the the talking about the new sanctuary or the hint of a new sanctuary. Yeah, he is the sanctuary, isn't he? Like mm-hmm. people being drawn to him. He's it's working not like a, it's not yes. a place. It's yes. not a place on earth. It's yeah. not the temple. Yeah. It's um, him. Yes, it kind of. I love the way where he said this is this section. He's almost like a trailer as well for what comes later in the book, and especially at the end when you've got this new temple described. Um, but clearly, it's something cosmic. Mm-hmm. It's not just talking about something earthly. It's and how Willie linked that into the end of the book, mm-hmm. where you see finally God's people um, who've taken sanctuary in the Lord, have they themselves been made into a perfect sinless sanctuary uh, where the Lord can dwell in the midst? Yeah, mm. and that it's forever. Forever, and just, yeah. I think um, I spoke to someone a few weeks ago and um, mm. they... They, are, they do mission abroad and they were talking about the fact that I was asking them, well, how do you um, like go through hard times and difficulties, which they do mm. regularly? And they're saying, oh, well, look, if you think about this life is like a grain of sand compared to the eternity mm. that God has promised us for those mm. who mm. trust in him. And so what can we go through in this mm. life that won't be worth mm. that amazing forever mm. eternity with the Lord Jesus mm. and so it really just put it into perspective you know and it just you have to just mm. keep on remembering that like whatever hard things or difficulties yeah. that we have in this life and the things that we give mm. up for mm. the sake of Christ that actually yeah. the future that God has promised us with him is mm. now and yeah. forever is is worth it and yeah it should fuel what we're talking about here about repentance and mm. really motivate that and yeah. long for us to do that. That's the great hope that we've got as we look ahead, even through times of difficulty, maybe even times of judgment. It's, um, that's the hope that yeah uh, we've got. And and Willie's question at the end, Josh, mm. I don't know you what you thought of like you know that whole like sort of will you be in that number? That was kind of Willie's like last few kind of questions. You know when the Lord gathers us all in. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, well, yeah. it's that's that's the question. Will will you be there? And you know, it's it, it, it's very clear what what Willie was saying about actually what, what does it mean to belong to the remnant? Um, well, it's taking taking the Lord God seriously, um, and you know, not not buying into the propaganda, the fake news of what we saw at the start of the passage, but actually. Um, clinging on to the promises of God and responding with with that gen- genuine repentance, knowing that He is the yeah He is He is the only sanctuary from mm-hmm. a, a terrible end. I, I loved um, how Willie he, he quoted it as Palmer Robertson that the link seeing that seeing the sanctuary, um, well ultimately we know as the Lord Jesus, but just the, the the parallels between the passages and. The way he went out, out to the east, mm. uh, in, in the Olivet discourse in in Matthew twenty four and twenty five, just just that that wonderful reassurance that actually it's the ultimate everlasting sanctuary is is in the Lord Jesus, yeah. mm-hmm. and so will you be there? Yeah. Well, we're there when we take him at his word and and trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's really yeah, it's really encouraging. I think. Um, yeah, and I thought there was a quite an overlap as well with your sermon in the evening, um, Josh, mm. in Luke 
um, you were talking about the fact that you know Luke wants readers to know the good news, um, and there's the, the two choices mm. you, you spoke about the fact that people um, they can harden their hearts in pride or humble themselves in faith. Um, we saw that manifested, didn't we, with the Capernaum and Nazareth reaction? Was that right? Mm, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The the week before when he reads from the scroll, um, what you see is is rejection. Prove yourself. Come on, Jesus, show us, confirm to us that you that you can do all this. Mm. Uh, a hardness of heart, a pride, um, a presumption that you know, no, we're we're not we're not the poor. Uh, wow. Per widow in uh, Zarephath, um, just um, like in the days of Ezekiel, isn't it? <laughs> well, quite. Um, but then, in contrast, yeah, the people of Capernaum—it's the opposite. They—they're not coming saying prove yourself. They're saying, "Oh my goodness, someone who can help us." Yeah, we need you. We need you. They recognise their need, and um, there's a humility. Yeah. And Josh, you're, you spoke really helpfully about demons, and I guess. Mm. There's probably people who hear lots of different things about demons, whether it's online or from different books or speakers, or whatever. Um, so could you maybe just remind us, um, you know, are there like, you know, people might talk about demons being people being demon possessed today. Is that a thing? What do you think about? Yeah. What? What? Yeah. How are we to think about demons? Um. So I think we probably need to be careful and, and think is is what we see in the Gospels um, and the, the kind of foundational time of Christ and the Apostles' ministry is that is that normative, and I think even just the way I approached it, looking at all the uses of demon in the New Testament, fifty three of sixty three yeah. are just in the in the Gospels alone, um, and the other the other times it's referred to three are in visions and Revelation and the rest it's it's to do with false teaching really. Mm. Or, you know, there's the one in James about, well, even the demons know the truth. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's not actually talking about um, possession um, or, or, or these kinds of things. But actually it's talking about, um, in those sorts of instances, Satan's at work in the world. Um, he is he is real and he has real power. This is this world's under his uh, rule. Um, for now, it's a, it's a delegated rule. It's not an ultimate rule. And it will, it will end. But for now... Um, that's what the Bible tells us, and the the way he carries that out, the way he affects things, you know, he has he has his fallen angels with him. Mm -hmm. um, but when we come to it in the Gospels and we see possessions and all the rest, that that does seem fairly unique. Um, you know, the the epistles don't don't talk about that in any in any way really. Um, it's it's intensity. The, the 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 focus of it all is is in the Gospels, and mm -hmm. it's 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 so striking that. Um, in Luke, it's straight after he does battle with Satan in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. So you, you see very pointedly, this is a this is a conflict. It's not that Satan's surprise attacked Jesus. Jesus is consciously going out to take on and fight evil, mm -hmm. uh, fight Satan. Um, and so I think we see um, that fight actually raging on. You know, Satan wanting to counterattack, to, to to muster all mm -hmm. all that he can to to fight back. But what we see all the way through is. Jesus casting them out, dealing with them, and all the rest. Yeah. So, because the focus of most of the, the kind of demonic activity in in the New Testament is in the Gospels, um, because it's largely around Jesus' ministry, a little bit of the apostles um, involved in casting casting out demons and things as well. That's all very foundational, and um, there's we often talk about um, the, the kind of stages of God's kingdom. Um, 
you know, Christ's ministry on earth uh, was, you know, Christ's kingdom being inaugurated, which was a, a significant um, event in itself. But with his ascension, we kind of live in, um, we talk about as, as the, the kind of age of continuation, waiting for the for the consummation that, that's to come. And so those are discrete periods. They're different. Um, and so everything that happened in the inauguration, there's, there's other things, I guess, it links to miracles generally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not normative now. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't come to church on a Sunday and everyone who's sick mm. goes home healed immediately. Um, th- that's not what we would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I think it's unhelpful if we're, um, you know, thinking that um, every last thing that goes wrong in life, oh, it's the demons are trying to get me. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I think that's unhelpful. Looking for them behind every corner, I, I don't think that really takes the balance of the New Testament um, kind, of, kind of fully into that. Mm. Um, so, you know, is is Satan at work in the world? Will he do what he can to hinder the church's mission? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it is it going to, are we going to come across, you know, tens and 20 and hundreds mm. of people in our lives yeah. that are, possessed by demons i don't think so yeah because i think what you said is really helpful in terms of um the demons are wanted they're opposing the mission of god's church the fact that because i think a lot of people read that with whether it's in mark or Luke, that oh you know the demons recognize they know exactly who jesus is but yet jesus tells them not to tell anyone and i think a lot of people are like well why mm. is he telling them not to tell people because they're right but mm. i guess the point is that they are not being helpful they're not contributing mm. positively mm. to his mission so yeah that's right and it's a dangerous thing it's striking um the devil quotes scripture to jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not a good thing mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's trying to distort it and so um truth can be spoken by by people with malintent and so that there is i think there i think that is possibly a factor behind not not wanting the demons to to reveal who jesus is and to speak about it i, I said a, a confession of truth isn't a profession of faith and and, yeah. and so that's a yeah. i think that i think that's a significant thing just because a demon can say something's true and recognize something's true it doesn't mean it's mm. going yeah. to be doing good things with it yeah definitely and you know you don't, you don't need a demon to like hit that warning because i think what you said about the fact that we can like know and be even mm. teaching the true doctrine and yet not be following Christ and not be, you know, living repentant and mm. in faithful lives, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's very, it's a very helpful, healthy warning, isn't it, to mm. people who might, we might know mm. lots of, yeah, and I'm sure we can all fall into this trap from time to time, you know, we, we kind of know things, but it's just like applying them to our hearts and minds, mm. isn't it? And not just like knowing right answers. But mm-hmm. um, Josh, one thing I thought was really helpful is just this kind of Jesus healing Simon Peter's mother-in-law mm. and you made a funny joke about mother-in-laws but uh, the <laughs> fact that um you know Jesus does care about individuals mm. and um yeah I think sometimes I don't know yeah Phil I don't know if you feel the same sometimes it's just quite hard to like imagine the the Lord of all the universe we know it's true mm. but just to like really soak that in and like be thankful and rejoice in the fact that God has a personal care for each one of yep. us. Yep. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> when you read the Bible carefully, you see it comes up everywhere. Actually, you know the the. I mean, remember we we probably have a wee chuckle about this. Those of us who've been through Cornhill, but one of the things Bob File used to say all the time 
was just the emphasis of the God of Genesis 1, who's God up there, uh, the God over Lord over the creation of the universe, but also the he's the God of Genesis 2 as well, who's the God down here mm. with his people, uh, the covenant God. And uh, it's all the way through the, the Psalms as well, the Psalter. You know, you go for one minute verses of like uh, talking about God being the Lord of the universe, God of creation. Uh, but then the, the Psalmist says, you know, you are my rock. Uh, you're my shepherd. It's all these things. So it's mm. uh, it shouldn't surprise us when we see that in the Lord Jesus and reflected in his ministry. But it is a thing, yeah, you can forget that and... Uh, yeah, I wonder maybe through it would be interesting to look back maybe at the history of the church in recent days and see it's another Bob Fileism is that, you know, the church goes from extreme to extreme mm. sometimes and you know, people have done it with Satan, for example. You can think too highly of Satan, you can think too lowly of Satan. What you want is a balanced biblical view of the enemy. But you also need to have a balanced biblical view of the Lord. Mm. You can't have an overemphasis of him. If you think too much of him being the God up there, yeah. you'll despair and he's a distant deity. But he's he, he is the God down here with us. If you think too much that way, though, you'll end up God becomes like a domesticated God and our friend. But he's actually having the balance of both. Of He is the God, uh, the Lord of all, but he's also the God who knows us intimately, personally. Mm. And those two things, biblically balanced thinking about the Lord, as we see here in Jesus' ministry, it is a beautiful thing that will help us relate to him well and yeah, walk by faith well. And it's the same. We, we, know, we You don't want to over, overemphasize in one direction or the other um, with, you know, how, how God's, you know, achieving his purposes in the world. Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to make everything individualized. Mm -hmm. um, you know, God's building the church and all the rest. And so there's a right emphasis on that. But at the same time, it's not, it doesn't remove individuals from it. Yes. It's both. Yes. Um, it's not that we we're only individuals and that what matters is just my personal faith and mm. no one else. Mm. Um, but actually that, that is significant and, and it's, mm. and it's beautiful. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. you know, but, and yeah. I was really struck on Sunday evening, just the way as well, much, uh, you were, brought out the point that these miracles are Jesus showing off his kingdom, but there are things that point us forwards to what the final mm. existence in the in the kingdom will be like. Very much like how we ended up in the morning. Mm. You know, it's a little snapshot of the, the beauty that's to come and restored humanity, saved from sin, but also all of the, 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 the awful effects of sin and the fruits of sin, mm. sickness and death and... Yeah, it was glorious. You, you, I think sometimes you get so familiar with a lot of passages like this, so familiar with the thought of Jesus having authority over this area, that area, and this area that you, you forget just what an awesome thing this is. And yeah. um, Josh, were you talking about the fact that the gospel is scandalous, or is that your word? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it it is the 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 third event in in the passage, just when you really see the contrast between Capernaum and Nazareth. Um, just he, he talks about all any various mm. um and and all that all that we really see is it's people coming who who see they have a need mm -hmm. mm. um it's people coming with empty hands um you know just get rid of the pretense that you've got it all sorted out um admit that you're in a mess mm. <laughs> but when you do that and go to Jesus 
there's wonderful restoration. Mm. That, that's all. That's all you have to do. It's not. Mm. Doesn't cost you anything other than. I'm yeah. hopeless. You have to sort yourself out before mm-hmm. coming to him, and Ooh. yeah, yeah, that is really, it's really great, and just it just reminds you again, doesn't it, of like there's no one who's beyond the grace of God, and anyone who repents and trusts can be saved. Mm, that's right. Um, and just one last thing, I think it was really helpful. You mentioned because you were talking about the power um, and authority um, mm. in the Lord and His Word, and. Um, you were talking about preaching and just I felt very struck that yeah the preaching I I am very thankful to God for the preaching that we have each week here um, at the Tron and just yeah it is a blessing and something that when I go on holiday or if I'm visiting people um, you know often my friends or people that I know they don't have the same access to faithful Bible teaching um and it's obviously not the only place in Glasgow mm. that teach the Bible, but actually, you know, just really being thankful and appreciating the fact that, yeah, we have faithful Bible teaching here each week. And I just, yeah, I wonder how that kind of, yeah, I don't know. I just think, I guess, yeah, like we were talking about um, having more confidence in bringing people to church um, mm. knowing that God's word is powerful and active mm. and mm. has authority. Yeah. I, I think it's very interesting in the, in the last section. It's not, Jesus doesn't say from nowhere that his priority was to preach. He says it because other people are saying, we want you to do this. And I think that's instructive too, that actually very often in church, very often as Christians, we can think, you know, here's what you really need to do. This is what we really need. This, this is what's going to solve people's problems. This is what's going to be the key to um, to, to us flourishing. Mm-hmm. This is what this is what I really want. And it can be all sorts of other stuff that's um, not our not a Sunday, that's not um, sitting under um, you know the regular preaching of God's word. So it's it's people wanting to set set Jesus' agenda for him. <laughs> no, don't don't yes. stay with us. Stay here. Do what we want you to do. He says no, no. <laughs> My priority is to preach and uh, to, to spread to spread that abroad, and I think it it is it's so it's so striking all the way through it. Everything he does here, um, I think, except he lays hands on every single one. I think that's just emphasizes his, his compassion. But every miracle, it's he speaks, mm. he speaks, mm. he speaks, and it happens, <coughs> and. I do wonder sometimes, yeah, in taking it and taking preaching for granted. No, no, I don't think there's probably, you know, many people in the Tron are going to think we should get rid of our sermons on a Sunday. <laughs> but, but that's a different thing than actually just being gripped and realizing, actually, the very thing that um, can transform a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, mm-hmm. to use the language of Ezekiel, mm-hmm. is Jesus preaching to us yeah. as He does week by week. Um, his word really is laden with with power and authority, and it, mm. I, I love the line. I think I think it's Spurgeon. I keep misquoting him if it's not. Um, but w- when we're concerned about the Bible and is it going to stand up or are people going to listen to it, all the rest, it's like defending a lion. Mm-hmm. Just just get people hearing hearing the Bible because mm. God's word is is laden with power and authority. Yeah. And we've we've seen that seen yeah, that in our congregation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some uh, been meeting with some uh, new members recently, and just two two people I hadn't I hadn't realised, but you know, they 
want to want to join the church. They've come to faith in the last year. How have they come to faith? They've they've been coming to church on Sundays and come to life Brilliant. from hearing God's word. Yeah, that's wonderful, isn't it? Well, praise God mm. for that. And um, probably a good place to end, um, rejoicing yeah. in new brothers and sisters amen, in Christ. Amen. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing. And Josh, are you preaching next Sunday? Yes, next Sunday. Uh, we're going to speed up uh, a little bit in Luke. Um, so we're going to be doing all of chapter five. Brilliant. So um, a few uh, stories and then some explanations. Um so yeah, helpful to read Super. chapter five. Yeah, and is really preaching. Thanks so. Thanks so. so. Yeah. so. We'll if he's not preaching, someone else will. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks for your time, and yeah, hopefully you can join us next week. Mm-hmm.